0: Good morning, would you please stand as we begin worship this morning? Our opening scripture this morning is John chapter 12, verse 12 through 13. The next day, the the large crowd that had came, that had come to the feast, heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel.
1: Today is Palm Sunday, I'm excited to celebrate that today uh, with you all. It's good to see everybody, the weather's beautiful, it springs here, and I'm just excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll do our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, just for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship you with my brothers and sisters. And I, I'm excited to be here today as we celebrate uh, your journey to Jerusalem to die for us, Lord, and to be resurrected and uh, to, to have new life in you, uh, Lord. Just uh, We're going to worship today. We're going to celebrate you and uh, in all things, God. We love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Uh, there's many many people uh, around the world that just cannot do what we're doing today, and so I never want to take that for granted, Lord, and I don't today. So, Lord, just thank you for, for bringing us here uh, as we worship you. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a few minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
0: bring life, to be alive, to shine brighter in the so we bring you God with us, our Jesus. Thank you.
1: Thank you, guys. All right, you may be seated this morning. Um, Love having a full house. I want to remind you guys, too, this morning that uh, if you ever come in and you're like, well, there's nowhere to sit, we have an overflow room downstairs also where the service is being live streamed. So um, we are actively working on the building uh, problem. Okay, uh, Just for, for people to know, we have 10 acres of land over on Banning Street. Um, our building committee it will be meeting in the next couple of weeks to finalize uh, plans for a new building that we'll be uh, presenting uh, to the church uh, body for approval. We have a business meeting coming up at the end of this month, the last Sunday of this month. So that is an active process. So don't get discouraged that you look around and like, boy, there's nowhere to set. Sometimes uh, we have an overflow room for right now, but we're actively doing that. So I just want to update you this morning on that. We got a busy week coming up. I'm excited. Uh, this is uh, this is foundational why we're here this morning uh, of what we're going to be celebrating this week. So this Friday is Good Friday service. Good Friday service is going to be at six o'clock. Uh, we'll have some, some musical specials, we'll take communion with one another and then right after that the kids will have an Easter egg hunt uh, and, and then after that just so you know there's, we have a wedding here on Saturday uh, and, and they're going to be decorating for the wedding right after uh, the Good Friday service. So Good Friday service this Friday at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. this Friday. It's a, it's a great service I, I challenge you to remember on Friday, take some time Put an alarm on your phone for this Friday uh, afternoon. And just know uh, that we're, we're celebrating what Jesus did for us on the cross. So um, without his sacrifice, we're not here today. There's no point in being here today uh, without him. And so a uh, good Friday service. Saturday morning next week, we have men's prayer breakfast at Grillo's at 8 a.m., fellas. So come, we eat breakfast together and we pray. Uh, we visit with one another. It's a good time. Uh, and then next Sunday, it's a busy, busy day next Sunday. Uh, is Easter morning, we'll have sunrise service at 7.30 a.m., so 7.30 a.m., while that's going on, the guys are going to be preparing breakfast downstairs, we'll eat a big breakfast with one another uh, at 8 a.m. downstairs, and then we'll have Sunday school at 9 and worship service at 10, so uh, it's it's a, a, a pretty busy week. I uh, also want to remind you uh, of Saturday night freeway service. So this Saturday night, uh, Alan Greenfield, uh, who, who this morning, him and Carol shared uh, their testimony uh, this morning of how they started Crossbridge Church, Baptist Church, in our new member class. He's going to be sharing his testimony Saturday night at freeway. So uh, freeway service, our, our, uh, which is our evangelistic outreach, is trying to reach a lost and dying world. That's next Saturday night. Dinner's at 6 o'clock. Uh, Our classes, uh, excuse me, dinners at at 5.30, worship service at 6. Wednesday night this week, I was told, uh, we have cooking teams that cook dinner on Wednesday night. This Wednesday night, they just told me, wanted me to announce... It's uh, Chinese food Wednesday night. So come Wednesday night, 6 o'clock for dinner. And then we have classes at 645. Adults meet up here. There's a women's Bible study downstairs. We have uh, kids' classes, youth classes. So if you don't come on Wednesday night, you don't have to worry about dinner. You don't have to bring anything, just yourself. Just come uh, and worship and, and, and dig into our classes on Wednesday night. We have a good time. Something the kids have been working really hard on. Is this associational or is it church on the 24th? Okay, when's church Bible drill? This Wednesday? They're not doing that in front of the church. Okay, so we have a whole bunch of kids. How many you got? Sierra, they're taking it. So we have six kids that have been memorizing 25 Bible verses, 10 key passages, and memorizing their books of the Bible. They are going to be competing in Bible drill at the association level on Sunday night, April 24th. So on Sunday night, April 24th, if you've never seen this or been involved with this, I encourage you to come that night. Uh, They have worked hard. It will challenge you as an adult to know your books of the Bible and to memorize scripture because that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, It's April uh, 24th on that Sunday night. That morning also, right after morning service, we're going to have that business meeting. So please stay. We've got a lot of important stuff that we want to cover on that, that Sunday. May 1st, is Graduating Seniors Day. So our, our, our high school seniors, our college seniors, if you have a senior graduating, please send a picture of them to the media team. It's team at crossbridgechurch.net because uh, we want to put their picture up there. We'll recognize our graduating seniors uh, that morning. Saturday, May 7th, you need to go ahead and put this on the calendar, is the Choices Pregnancy Center Walk for Life. Uh, that's going to be a big day that day. So we have the Walk for Life that morning at 8 a.m. They're also doing something special, which I know we'll have some announcements on, and uh, Shelly's going to be giving some more information on. But they're they are, they are going to be doing um, paving bricks, where they're going to engrave uh, a brick with the church name on it. And if you would like, on their sidewalk leading up to their new building, if you would like uh, to, to purchase a brick, uh, with your family name on it, it will have uh, the church logo on it, and then your name, that all those bricks will be placed around uh, the church uh, paving stone. Shelly will be giving more information on that uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, but um, that's going to be a big day. And then we're having an outreach at the park from 1 to 4 that day. So we're, that, that's the, our, our church outreach at the park. Um, Mike, you need volunteer positions? You want to say something? Three to six. I'm sorry. What do I have down? One to four? Okay. It's from three to six. My time's wrong. From three to six p.m. uh, at the park that day. Do you need volunteers, Mike? Okay. Mike's going to be going around and asking you to volunteer, right, Mike? So be ready to give him a hearty yes. Uh, It's a great day. Uh, I've got some different ideas that we're going to set up. Um, An evangelism table. Uh, And we're going to set up a prayer tent, and we're going to be doing some different things at this outreach this time to try to engage our our, uh, community in what they believe about the gospel. And so that's the whole point in doing these, uh, is to try to share the gospel. So uh, that softball game tomorrow night at 9.30, right, Tommy? Where's Tommy? 9.30? Did you guys play? You played Monday, right? And they won on the last at bat. Yeah. So... Good job, uh, church team. We're 2-0, right? Man, they are rocking and rolling. 9.30 game time. Okay, that's late, but yeah. Be there, be square, guys. Here we go, right? All right, women of Easter study is still going on Thursday at 6 p.m. at night. And women's breakfast this week is Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m. at Grillo's. So women uh, meet for breakfast. A whole bunch of announcements. Hopefully, you wrote them down or you got a great memory. Anybody have any else that I forgot? I didn't forget anything today. Man, that's awesome. Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and we'll enter our time of worship uh, with, with one another today before we jump into God's word. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, again, we just come to you, Lord, humbly, but thankfully, uh, Lord, that we can be here today to worship you. Part of our worship, God, is giving back to you and giving you our best. So, Lord, I, I pray this morning over that, that we'll use it, uh, that it will be used to further your kingdom, that the gospel will be preached and shared, not only in our local community, but funding our missionaries uh, abroad. And in everything, uh, God, we do want to worship you today, uh, and we want to do it correctly, and we love you. In your name I pray, amen. Say. And- Thank you, guys. All right, our second grade and below, if they want to go down to Children's Church this morning, they can. If you would, please remain standing. Let's honor God's word together. Luke Luke, chapter 19. Luke 19, 28 through 40. Several verses this morning, but we'll get through them. Luke 19, 28 through 40. It says this, When he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Beth Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the young donkey, its owner said to them, "'Why are you untying the donkey?' "'The Lord needs it,' they said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their clothes on the donkey, they helped Jesus get on it. As he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God, joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. "'Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord.' Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. Let us pray. Lord, again, we're here this morning, Lord, because we love you. And and as we jump into this text this morning, we look back when you walked into Jerusalem with worship and celebration. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning that that, Lord, we here today would worship you in the same way, excited in spirit and truth about who you are, and, Lord, that because of our worship this morning, the rocks don't have to cry out because of that. And so, Lord, today we honor you in everything that we do, and we love you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So so here we are, we're continuing through, uh, I told you we'd be talking about on the road to the cross. and. This is the second week in that. It's Palm Sunday uh, as we're we're getting ready to celebrate uh, and worship uh, because of uh, our Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, Today is uh, the day that we celebrate Jesus going into Jerusalem uh, exactly about a week before he goes to the cross. Uh, And so we see in our text that Jesus tells the disciples to go to Bethpage or Bethany, and they would find a colt or a donkey tied up uh, that no one had ever ridden on. Now you wouldn't think much of that uh, possibly uh, unless, well two ways you would think a lot of that. One is if you've, you've ever tried to break in a horse or a donkey that's never been ridden they don't go where you want them to go. Uh, and in talking about this, uh, that this week one of our other elders mentioned also that, uh, that horses and donkeys that have never been ridden and, and even ones that have they don't like to step on things that they don't know what it is. So a lot of times when you're unloading them out of a trailer, if there's a, a, a dark spot on the concrete, they think it's a hole. They just don't want to step on stuff. So, so the fact that people are laying down clothes and laying, laying down palm branches, uh, one of the other texts says uh, that, that this donkey would walk, this colt would walk with Jesus who had never been ridden, is a miracle in itself. And a lot of times we pass that up. Uh, But here's the other uh, part of this, is that there's a fulfillment of Scripture uh, that this is happening. It's a fulfillment of Zechariah. And in Zechariah 9.9, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the other thing is, that's exactly how kings would ride in. When they, were, when they were crowning a new king in Israel, they would ride in on a donkey. And so this is, they knew, people knew what, what Jesus was doing here. Like it, they, they knew exactly what, and this is a fulfillment of scripture. So when he rides into Jerusalem like this, he's riding in a conquering king. And he's being hailed by the people as such. He, they, he is receiving praise and worship from the people. No longer is he now telling his disciples to be quiet about who he is. He, he's, they're shouting his praises and worshiping him. People are taking off their, their cloaks, their jackets, or their, and laying them under Jesus. This is also a sign of homage to a king from Scripture. 2 Kings chapter 9 uh, verses thirteen, verse thirteen tells us that it says each man quickly took his garment and put it under Jehu on the bare steps. They blew the ram's horn and proclaimed, "Jehu is king." So it's something that you did to honor the king of Israel. So when Jesus comes in, he's coming in as the king, and people are honoring him as such. Back to our text, it says all the followers of Jesus are shouting. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. So what are his disciples doing here? They're quoting scripture. Psalms 118.26 says, He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. Bless you. My, my, is my mic cutting out this morning? You guys hear me okay? Alright. It sounded like it was. Okay, so what are they doing? They're, they're worshiping Jesus. And the Pharisees are not happy about that at all. They're not happy. And they tell Jesus, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to stop. Well, why weren't they happy? What was the problem with that? The followers of Jesus are worshiping him as God. They're worshiping him as God. And according to the Pharisees, who are the religious leaders of of Jesus, Jesus, or the religious leaders of Israel, Jesus wasn't God. They didn't believe that he was God. They thought that he was a good teacher. And only you, you were only allowed to worship God. That, that's the law that had been given. And what are, what are these people doing? What are these followers of Jesus doing? They're worshiping him as God. And, and the religious leaders thought they were breaking the law. So they were saying, Jesus, tell these people to stop worshiping you. Let's go back real quick to Exodus chapter 20. Let me read it to you. Uh, What it says and why, why the religious leaders were upset. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. It says, then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have any gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow in worship to them and do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's iniquity to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. So these are are part of the Ten Commandments. That God had given, saying, don't worship anything but me. He says, I don't want you to worship anything. Not anything you've created. Not, not any in the shape of any image. Don't worship anything but me, God. So what are the disciples doing? What are the followers of Jesus doing? They are worshiping Jesus. So, so we got an issue here. They're either worshiping God. Or they should be executed for worshiping a, a false somebody false. Jesus knew the law. Jesus knew the Ten Commandments. He wrote it, right? So what did Jesus do? Did he rebuke the disciples? Did he tell the followers, stop worshiping me? I'm not God. No. In fact, I love his response. What does he say? If they're silent, the rocks would cry out. I love that response. I love it. If, you, if they were to keep silent, the rocks would cry out. So what was Jesus doing by that response? He's accepting the worship of his followers as he was God, because he was God. It's another foundational truth. It's a foundational truth to what we believe. If if, if Jesus wasn't God, then he would have told them not to worship him. He would have said, no, stop worshiping me. That's not what Jesus did. He encouraged it. He said, if they don't worship me... The rocks would. How would the rocks worship Jesus? Because he made the rocks do. He's over everything. I love the answer. So that brings me to the whole point of this text today. The whole point of Palm Sunday. The whole reason why Jesus goes into Jerusalem. He goes in as a conquering king. Now some of them thought he was going in as the conquering king over the Romans. That's not what Jesus was doing. He was going in as the conquering king over sin and death. He was going in as king over sin and death, over everything. So here's the whole point. This whole week, Good Friday, Easter, must be centered on the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. It all has to be centered on that. As as his followers this morning, our worship of the Lord Jesus should be directed That's what this whole week is about. He should be the object of our love, of our devotion, of our affection. So I want to talk about worship of the Lord Jesus Christ today. It brings up a a question that I want to answer, is what is worship? That's the first first thing I want to cover today. What is worship? Well, the Greek word for that means to encounter God and praise Him. It can also be translated to fall down before or bow down. So we talked about this Wednesday night a little bit in our class. Before Jesus comes, the Jews had to encounter God where? In the temple, right? In the temple. When Jesus comes, he now speaks of himself as the temple. Turn to John chapter 2. We're going to be in John a little bit here. Turn to John chapter 2. Verses 19 through 22. Let's let's actually start with 18. Back up one verse so you just know the context of what's happening here. He cleansed the temple. He cleared the temple out. In verse 18, it says, So the Jews replied to him, What sign will you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. Therefore, the Jews said, this temple took 46 years to build, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. So what's Jesus saying there? He's saying a lot of things, but one thing he's saying is that now the physical location of our worship is irrelevant. The physical location doesn't really mean anything. That means that we can have a worship service Right in here, in what we call the sanctuary, or we could have a worship service out in in, in Max Hartman's barn. We can have a worship service at the park. So, so the physical location is really irrelevant. Now, listen, how does this transition to us? Now, who is the temple? This this we need to go here first before we get into worship. Who's the temple? Turn. Flip over just a couple of pages to John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. But an hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's the important part now. Worshiping in spirit and truth. So now true worship, because you, if you are a follower, a believer, have professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you now have the Holy Spirit. The third part or part of the Trinity. You have God living inside of you. So now when Paul says, who is the temple? You are. You are, because you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. So now true worship of God, where does that take place? It takes place inside of us. It takes place in our hearts and in our spirit where God now dwells. So listen, how does this transition? God alone should now, is now and always should be the object of our worship. He alone is worthy for worship. Worshiping God means crediting to him the worth of, That he deserves. Because he alone, like the song we just sang, creator, sustainer, redeemer, Lord. He should be worshipped by us in our spirits. To worship God is to encounter him and praise him for who he is. When Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, his his followers had encountered Jesus. They had believed in who he was. And now they were bowing down to him. They had believed that Jesus was God, and they're worshiping him as such, and they're bowing down to him. So that's what worship is. It's bowing down to God. It's worshiping him. It's encountering him and worshiping him, praising him. Now, what does that look like, though? Brings up the next question. What does that look like? What is biblical worship? I want to go back to those two verses, and we need to break those down. Because it says our followers should worship in what? Spirit and in truth. What does that mean? What does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? Let's start with spirit. Let's start with the first one. Worshiping in spirit has absolutely nothing to do. Let me start with what it's not. It has absolutely nothing to do with our physical posture. Right, Falling down and rolling around in the aisles this morning would not put you in a better stance of worshiping than the spirits. Okay? Jumping around or or flopping around like a fish out of water, right? That's not putting you in a better position of worship. Worship in spirit is worshiping from the innermost part of who you are. It's your inner being. To worship God, you have to be born again. You have to be a born-again follower of Christ to be able to even worship We respond to God in worship because we know him. We can't respond. You can't worship something that you don't know. That's the first thing on this. The Holy Spirit within us is the one who energizes worship. Not some kind of special lighting in the room. Now, I want to touch on this because the American church destroys this. And this is how they destroy it. Well, listen, we got to turn the lights down real low. And we have to play the music soft and quiet. And let's get everybody chanting over and over. And then we're going to have real worship then. Once we've set the stage, right? When you are in Christ and you are worshiping, you don't care, nor does it matter what the light setting is. It doesn't matter how soft the music can be played. You worship God because of what he did in your life. Because you're his follower. Listen, that this is absolutely what happens though in false settings. And people craft this stuff up. It's absolutely false. They try to manufacture, churches will try all over. Turn on the TV and I mean, don't listen to it for very long. But you can see what I'm talking about televangelists will do this, okay? They will do this. They will emotionally try to have, manufacture some emotional setting to get an emotional response to think that you are now closer to God based upon generating some kind of emotional response. And then you know what happens after they've gotten that emotional response? They plead with you to send them money. They say, okay, now that you're all fired up in Jesus, get out your checkbook and sow your seed, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. And it's manufactured. And they will say stuff like, well, I feel the Holy Spirit in the room today. The Holy Spirit lives inside believers, not floating around in some room coming and going based on how many tears we shed or how many arms go up during a song. You know what that is? That's manufactured garbage. And you have to be able to see it for what it is. They're trying to get a response. Now that's one side of this that can totally take it too far. Let me talk about our old staunch Baptists that we are. We also can take this very too far by not worshiping with joy and excitement. And we can make our worship time... More like a funeral service. God is alive, not dead. We don't need to worship him like we're in a funeral service. It's not a funeral. It's celebrating Jesus over his victory over sin and death. Jesus is alive and victorious, and you can get happy about that. I can get happy about that, and we can have joy. So you see, thank you. So you can see on either side of this... You can have a problem. You can have a problem. There can be a problem. I want to close with, on this point with this. We need to remember who the worship is for. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's for God. It's directed to God. Now, listen, uh, here's the elephant in the room. We all have personal preferences over how we like to worship. And that is totally fine. It's totally fine to have a personal preference. I have a personal preference, right? I do, I do. You do, but here's what we need to do with the personal preference. Leave it in your car before you come in. Because the worship is not about you. It's about Jesus. So our personal preferences don't have any place in this. In fact, you know what Satan does he uses personal preferences to take attention away from God to put it on ourself. It is not about my personal preference. You remember from last week, Easter isn't about us. It's about Jesus. Good Friday is not about us. It's about Jesus. So if you hear, well, I just thought the song service was really stuffy today. Keep that in your mouth and close it it's not about you anyway. Or if you think they rocked it out too much and sounded like ACDC, keep that in your mouth and shut it. That's the truth. Because it's not about you. It's not about your personal preference. It's about worshiping Jesus and who he is. Now, that's worshiping in spirit. That it's, you're worshiping from the innermost part of who you are because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And here's the second part. We have to worship. Worship is a response to truth. And that truth is contained right here in God's word. Worshiping in truth. What did Jesus say? John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. Worshiping in truth is to understand who Jesus is. What he has done. Where does that come from? It comes from God's word. Worship is praise from the depths of our heart towards God that is described in this book. It's described right here. So if we don't have the truth of the Bible, how can we know God and worship him in truth? We can't. So when it's important that when we worship him here, when we worship him at home, that it's done with the truth of who God is. We have to make sure that we are speaking truth about who Jesus is. The truth of who he is. Not just because we like a melody of a song. It's truth is important. The truth is important. Truth in worship is important. Let me close this point with this. Since the external actions here are just aren't important. They aren't important in Christian worship. So there's no rule. That we sit or stand or sing quiet or sing praises loudly. There's no rules in any of that, right? There's, no, there's nothing that says any of that. Those things are decided by the worship leader and the elders based upon each congregation. What's the most important thing? That you worship in spirit and in truth. That you worship with your innermost part of who you are. And that you worship a truth about God. We could play an amazing worship song that could sound amazing. But if those words said that Jesus was one of many gods, would that be true worship? No. No. There's not truth in that. So we have to make sure that we worship in truth. Now, I, Max, I didn't write it down and I forgot it. But we were talking about this this morning can you tell the quote? I hate to put you on the spot. He said he read this, and I wrote Max Hartman quote. It's not his quote, but he read it. Can you say it, and I'll repeat it. A church that worships I think that's amazing, and I'm sorry I made you quote it. I forgot to write a church that emphasizes truth too much, <laughs> truth too much, you dry up. Spirit too much, you blow up. But if you do both, you grow up. Has to be, has to be a good mixture of both. Okay, third thing, and I'll, this is the last point. For us, biblical worship. Now, we can talk about singing, and it's important. It's important. It's an important part. A worship leader's job is important. It's an important job. But biblical on, God, what Paul says, is being a living sacrifice. It's a living sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So what is true worship? Paul is saying, worship God in truth. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. The only acceptable form of worship is to give completely to God. Give everything to God. I I, I saw this on Facebook. I thought it fit perfect here. It's just a little meme. It says, God doesn't want weekend visits. He wants full custody. He, He wants full custody of your heart, of who you are, when you're worshiping him. That is worship when you're living your life. Paul is saying because of the mercy, because of his mercy that he gave us on the cross, because of what he did for us, it's now reasonable for us to present ourselves completely to him. Because of what he did for me, because of what he did for you, brothers and sisters, it's reasonable enough for us to say, you got me, God, you got everything. I'm your now your living sacrifice. Now listen, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't like that. They want the heaven part of Jesus, but not the devotion of following for him all. In fact, sometimes when I'm driving around, I like country music. I don't know, I just have always been a country music guy. I don't know why, I just am. And, but there's some songs that just annoy me. And when they come on, I like, want to punch the radio Yes, I don't know they just annoy me And they say stuff like this This is a line from a, a pretty popular country song It says We cuss them on Mondays And pray for them on Sundays Every time I hear that I just want to vomit I'm being honest with you I can't stand it Because you know what that's promoting One foot in the world That's not spiritual worship That's not spiritual worship That's not what Paul's saying What what does a living sacrifice look like on a practical level, on a practical sense? Well, the next verse tells us. He doesn't leave us hanging there. In verse 2, in Romans 12, it says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may discern what is good, pleasing the perfect will of God. So if we're a living sacrifice, we're not conformed to the world. We're not living like the world. First John, what we've been going through, tells us what the world is. In 1 John 2, 15 and 16, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. So what is spiritual worship? It is what's sacrificial spiritual worship that Paul's talking about. To truly worship God is to not love sin in your life. To not embrace sin. To reject sin in your life. To live for the glory of God. To reject sin, to agree with God on sin, and to live for Him. So being a living sacrifice, it's rejecting sin. To give yourself, your life, to Christ. That's what a living sacrifice is. That's what true worship is. When you're living a life of sacrifice to God, it's the most pure kind of worship you can give him. The most pure kind. It's not singing for 20 or 30 minutes on Sunday. Oh, how I love Jesus. And then going and living like Satan Monday through Saturday. That's what the world does. That's not true worship. It's living your life. Like he is your God. It's living your life like he died for you on the cross. And you are now, because Jesus of what you did for me, it's not earning favor before his eyes. It's not trying to be made better so he'll save me once I've done enough. That's a lie from Satan. It's that Jesus, you, I believe in you. I know that you died for me. What you did for me is you saved me. And because of that, I want to live my life honoring you. That's what it is. Listen, if your idea of worship, if our idea of worship is to sing a song on Sunday and then live like that the rest of the week, our worship falls on deaf ears. It falls on deaf ears because it's not true worship. Guys, that's the whole point of Palm Sunday. Him riding in, it was all, everything there was all about the conquering king coming, arriving, and then worshiping him in spirit and in truth of who he was. That's what it was about. That's what it has to be about for us. Today, Friday, Easter, the following Sunday, the following Sunday, it always has to be about him. I'm closing today. I'm ask our worship team to come. Worship is encountering God, to praise Him, to bow down before Him. This week, I challenge you to truly stop and remember what Jesus has done for you. Think about what He has saved you from. Think about. All your sin and what he saved you from. You know what that will do? That drives your spirit to worship. That drives you to worship. If you have that when you're driving down the road, great. Just don't raise your hands, keep your hands on the wheel. But you can do that anywhere. You can do that anywhere. Our Lord entered Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago to die for us. His followers worshiped him. Let us as a local body of believers worship him, not only in song, but how we live out there. Let people be able to look at us and say they love Jesus, not because how great we sound at worship, but how we live, that our lives are an example. We're going to have an invitation. This isn't, listen, this is not a time we do invitations is not as a time to get an emotional response out of you. It's not what it is. It's a time for you to confess your sins to God. To make public how he's moved in your life. With salvation or baptism or, or to, to for you to tell people publicly that you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. For you to pray about what's going on in your life. Pray for sin that you struggle with. That you can't, you're not worshiping him in spirit and truth in how you're living your life, for you to confess that, to join this local body of believers. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can come as we pray together. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you, Lord, this morning for this. I thank you for the time I got to spend studying this week. And, Lord, I pray, I pray that our lives when we leave here today, our voices we sing to you, but our lives, Lord, Our true worship of you when we leave here. That's the true test. How we live Saturday. Cussing people on Monday and praying for them on Sunday. That's not true worship, God. I pray this morning this this body is, is founded upon worshiping in spirit and truth. In this service and as we leave here. Lord, if there's people here that need you, I pray today that they come. Confess their sins to you. In all things, God, we worship you, we love you. In your name I pray. Love. Thank you, Woo! Cody. Come on up here, Cody, and I'm going to ask uh, Abby and Brian. Brian's on security day, but can I have Brian come up here also, please? This is um, this is a good moment. When things like this are uh, happen, I, it's always exciting to share stuff like this uh, with the congregation. But uh, Cody, this young man. Um, well, we I was doing, Selena and I were doing discipleship with Brian and Abby, and uh, they're, they're members of, of this body, and I was doing discipleship with them. We had started with them and, uh, on Sunday mornings, and Cody, uh, she has been really good friends with Cody's family for a long, long time, and Cody needed a place to stay, and so Cody uh, moved in with Brian and Abby, and we started praying for Cody. And, sh- and they were sharing the gospel with them and praying with them, and um, he came in and started discipleship as an atheist, right? And how many times do we sit down and talk and work through things and uh, just just uh, share the truth of who Christ is? And so, uh, two weeks ago, um, I, you know, every periodically I'd say, Cody, what's up, man? Let's have the talk, you know. And he uh, said, Well, I I need to tell you that it's been a couple of months ago, uh, but. That I profess Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so. I don't know where our. Where's our wireless mic at? Here it is. So uh, obviously he's going through discipleship. So discipleship uh, and our lessons. They I mean you can use those very easily. To share the truth. And one of those is about salvation. And so Cody uh, came. But I wanted to bring Brian Abbey up here. Because they are uh, a huge part of this young man's growth. and, And his family. And so. Uh, it's a testimony when, for them and their family that when, when God tells you to try to reach somebody, you help them. You do. You're obedient to that, and God will work. So you got anything you want to say? Uh, no. no. Okay. <laughs> Brian, Abby.
0: Well, I'm just really thankful to be standing up here with him and for this whole church for
1: taking him in. And um, I hate the way that he came to us, but I'm so glad. You know, I think that just shows... God's doing things that we don't understand, you know, and Mm -hmm. he came through us through a hard way, um, but, I mean, it saved his life, so I think that's pretty amazing. That's right, Mm -hmm. that's right. Brian? I have nothing. He has nothing, (laughs) okay. (laughs) All right. That, that's, uh, so, what I want you to do, he's going to be, I want you guys got to stay up here. Um, You'd stay up here. So, I want you to come around and congratulate him uh, on this at, as he's publicly coming forward this morning, professing Christ as the Lord and Savior. And now we need to schedule some baptisms at the river, don't we? Yes. Well, so he wants the river, so we're going to be going down there. And I love that. So, uh, here is, I talk, guys, I'm, this is the benediction for like six months because I need it. It's be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as Christ forgave you. you can't, we can never go wrong with this, remembering what Jesus forgave us from. Uh, it leads us to how we treat people. It leads us into worship. It leads us just remembering. And this week especially, uh, the holy week of, of uh, what Jesus did. I, I understand when people say it's holy week, but let me say also, every week should be holy week when you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we should live like that. So uh, I'm going to ask... Uh, Alan, if he'd close us in prayer this morning, and come around and congratulate this young man. Our
0: holy heavenly father, we love you, father, and what a privilege it is to, to stand in your presence and witness the work you do
1: in the hearts of man.
0: Father, I just thank you for this place, this church, and this body of believers. Father, I thank you for your word that changes us and that conforms us to your will and your image and and helps us every day. So go with us today. Watch over us. Protect us. Bring us back together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.